Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome, everyone, to our podcast where we cover business in the news and answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to our email address, which I'm going to tell you in a second. Hold on one moment. It is ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. Boom. Got it. That's it. We should just end it. <laughs> and my name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Stav. And they'd, I guess they'd have to have a reason for sending something in the email, right? Yeah, yeah. Just send us a legal question. If we ended the episode, people wouldn't really have a reason for ever emailing us. That's true. So we have something in middle America today. I guess it technically is, it's in Iowa, but... When they say middle America, do they mean... I always think the Midwest, but that's not middle America necessarily geographically. I wasn't denying that Iowa's in middle America. I was just denying that this really had to do with Iowa. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same here, actually. I was saying the same thing. Iowa's definitely middle America. You've driven through there. They have the world's largest truck stop, so you can stop there. It's pretty cool. It's not that big. Don't tell them I said that. Is it the world's largest? I think it was the world's largest. It's at least the largest in the U.S. So, well, now I'm going to have to figure this out. I'll figure it out before the end of the episode. This actually is an interesting thing that I've always thought about because I've fallen victim to this in the past. That's why I don't make the same decisions that I used to anymore. So free trials, and you'll see this a lot. It always seems like a good deal. And the last time I remember it happening to me was in college where they bought something at Best Buy and they said, hey, you want a free trial? This, you know, you can get one of these free magazines for three months. I was like, oh, that's a good deal. So I got, I think, Sports Illustrated or something for three months. And then they just kept sending them to me after three months. So I kind of figured they just screwed up. And then I looked at my credit card statement and realized that they had actually been charging me every month for this new magazine that I had apparently subscribed to. How many months did it take you to find out? Uh, only one or two after the... Oh, that's pretty good. I think I noticed that you know, after it had been past three months and they were still sending it to me. So I realized something was awry. So I had to look up and then that's why I realized I was getting charged. So it wasn't much fun. Yeah. See, I, I had the same problem when I was in college too. And I think I was checking my credit report and it, it was one of those things where, you know how there's like freecreditreport.com and then there's another one that's like, that's not really the real credit report. It, this is before the uh, that commercial, it was popular or whatever. You get your free credit report and you put in your credit card, but then they started charging you afterwards. And with that, I wasn't even receiving anything. So I didn't even like, it wasn't as obvious that they were charging me every month. So I think it took like four months until I actually noticed like the $30, $40 charge per month. I was able to get most of it back if I recall, just as a complaint to the credit card company. But yeah, did you write him a scathing email like our Monday episode? Yeah, the like the Harvard business. I wasn't an attorney then. If I was, I would have been like, I probably would have been famous by now because I probably would have made a whole fuss and got on all the social media sites. Darn it. At least you would have some sort of grounds to be upset about it. But all right, anyway, so this, this one deals with Amazon Prime. So they offered a free trial of Amazon Prime to to people and you sign up, I guess you enter your credit card information at some point. The only problem is it auto enrolls you into Amazon Prime after the free trial is up. So unbeknownst to a lot of these people, they had signed up for Amazon Prime and said, oh, it's great, I'm getting it for free. And then you know, down the road they're getting charged for it. And I think, let's see, customers for year long memberships, somewhere between $79 and $99. So you know, a hundred bucks a year, that's a pretty significant amount. Oh yeah. 
Definitely. And I, yeah, I think they just raised it to 99 this last spring. I actually have Amazon Prime. We get a lot of use out of it, mainly because of that two-day shipping. And I think you can watch a bunch of movies and stuff online, but we don't use that as much. But yeah, so this kind of auto-renewal aspect of things is actually, Iowa, I assume, I didn't really look in the research of Iowa law, but frankly, like you said, this is not necessarily just about Iowa. This is pretty much in every state that when you have this auto renewal aspect to your contracts and you're contracting with consumers, California, New York, and about eight or so other states, including Illinois, have these protections from the consumer's perspective that restrict how you can do this. I'm not aware of any law that actually outright prohibits it, but basically what all of them do though is make the notice of this auto renewal a little bit more, more apparent. So like, for example, New York will have you actually, or I think this is Illinois, they'll actually have you mail out a separate notice containing the auto renewal provision. I can't remember if there's New York or, I think it's New York actually. And then in other states like California, you just have to make sure that that language is very clear. It's close to the signature, especially if it's online. You know, we all agreed to those shrink wrap contracts and who knows what we're signing to. For those types of contracts, it has to be very apparent. And so it's a little surprising that Amazon got caught up in this, but it shows you that they were pretty quick on on resolving it because I think they offered all the Iwans that were involved in this a refund, right, of quite a bit of money for them to claim. Yeah, and they specifically made sure to say that they are denying that they did anything wrong, but they're still going to give some sort of refund to... I don't get why this is only Iowa. I don't. It seems like this would be happening all over, but yeah, I'd like to see what their statute is because like you said, if it's somehow not compliant with Iowa statute, it would probably not be compliant with other statutes around the country as well. This, I mean, this whole issue of free trials is tricky. So that's why I, for one, I pretty much never do it anymore, but if you're going to do it, you need to read the terms and conditions. Cause I'm going to guess that in there, it says after the trial's done, we're just going to automatically roll you over into yeah. to paying. If you're going to give your credit card information, then yeah, you're definitely going to end up getting charged for it. Yeah. And I think a lot of what's very common right now are subscription-based services. And so from as a business model, right, whether it is a software or even those boxed subscription monthly things that seems to be huge right now. And we, we even have clients that are involved in that. And frankly, this is this is to your advantage anyway, even if the law doesn't require it making sure that your consumers or your buyers are very aware of how these fees work is going to be better in the long run. You don't want to be associated with like, for example, the supplements industry and things like that, that for better or worse has been associated with this kind of recurring charges without the consumer's permission. And and some of them even have it as their business miles. They get chargebacks and that's okay because 99% of, of the people aren't going to complain and it's going to be fine. Yeah, that's true. Something to think about from both sides, if you're the consumer, if you're the business. But the more important thing from this is the Iowa 80 truck stop is the world's largest truck stop. Oh, wow. It has space for, it's actually pretty impressive, 900 tractor trailers, 250 cars, and 20 buses. That's a lot of space. The problem is I don't even think there is that many buses or trailers in the whole of Iowa. So let alone passing through. Well, it's uh, it's on Highway 80, which spans the entire width of the the country. I did. I took Highway 70 across the U.S., but not 80. I believe 80 runs from San Francisco to 
Maryland because I think if you get on Highway 80 right around San Francisco, it'll have, you know, when you see the, the signs for how far places are, like the next big city, it'll have a couple. And then at the bottom, it has some city in Maryland that, you know, thousands of miles away. That's pretty neat. So long as we establish that, I'm, I'm satisfied. All right. Good. All right. Question of the day. I used to occupy the space next door, but I needed less space. So after I left that area, the landlord rented out that extra space to someone who offers the same type of services that I do. Should I sue the neighbor or the landlord or both? I love that question actually at the end. This is pretty common. I mean, you have a retail space that you're renting out and whether your services or products or whatever, whether you're selling pizza or I don't know, a copy machine place or what have you. You don't want a, another copy machine place opening up next door, another pizza place opening up next door. That's gonna obviously hurt your business quite a bit, even kill it for, for that matter. But, but there's, no, there's no law or restriction that prohibits that. And that's why a lot of times when you negotiate your leases, there's something that you can negotiate a term called exclusive use. I'm gonna use this for this purposes and no one else in your property defined by this may use it. That's why also when you sign leases, you'll see a definition of permitted uses because when you sign a lease, you may be prohibited from you. Like if there's already a pizza place in there, you can go there and sell all the food you want, but you can't sell pizzas. Starbucks will have that where Einstein Brothers will open up next door. And I think Einstein Brothers usually sells coffee, but if Starbucks is next door, the lease says they can't, so their drinks are limited in that location. This is something that the landlord should bring to their attention. So if this is going on, then maybe it's a bad landlord or... Yeah, you're right. Even if there's no protections, the landlord should be kind of... He or she's being kind of a jerk about it because and taking advantage of the fact that there's no such provision. And it sounds like, frankly, that your landlord's trying to get you out anyway. I'm just guessing here, and no offense to this person, but it seems like, okay, they were renting out two spaces and now they've consolidated to a smaller space. And so from a landlord's perspective, that's not a really good sign. They want their retail space to flourish, and so therefore they want successful businesses in there. And if you're in a situation where you're contracting, maybe they're looking to, you know, so I would just assume this, that at the end of the lease, the landlord may not want to renew your lease. So just a prediction there. Or maybe the person who asked the question is just confused on what they're doing. Because if it's a retail spot where it's just a bunch of clothing stores. I suppose that's true. But what about their question? Should I sue the neighbor or the landlord or both? Uh, I don't like any of those options, actually. Not even both? Not even both, no. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think they should sue the neighbor or the landlord, but maybe this both option. <laughs> We don't mean to make fun, but I guess we did mean to make fun, but just to get what we're saying is that unless you have that kind of provision, which by the way, you, you could, there is such provision, the proper defendant is going to likely be the landlord and not the, not the neighbor. And I would just, the neighbor may not even be aware of that provision. And so the landlord's in the best position to prevent it. If that's, if that's the case. Right. If that provision isn't there and everything, and it is legitimately in breach, then yeah, the landlord's the person you want to go after. But I don't know I'm skeptical that that's the case, but I don't want to make assumptions. Yeah, I was going to say this. I'm, I'm skeptical of that too, but it does happen if you have unsophisticated landlords that may not be as familiar with what's in their leases and so forth. And who knows, maybe it's a different owner than what it was in the past or different property manager and so forth that may not be aware of that provision and, and did that. So most likely neither. 
But if there is that provision, then, you know, talk to an attorney and consider putting some pressure on the landlord. As always. As always, put some pressure on the landlord. Is that what you meant? Just say, as always, talk to an attorney. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do that too. That's not even stuff that you and I say. It's just what everyone kind of (laughs) says. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, don't forget to, I haven't asked this in a while, don't forget to leave some positive iTunes reviews, five stars, if you will. I know a lot of our users are on iPhones, so it should be easy for them to uh, do that. You just got to take the second to do that, please. How do you know that a lot are on iPhones? I ingrain a little device within each MP3 that basically tracks every single movement of our listeners. Like I can see where each of our listeners are right now, whether they're in that home or work or anywhere. <laughs> Scary, right? You can opt out and but just by not listening, but you can't listen to our podcast. So that's the trade-off. Keep it sound, keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.